0: hope I can be a sh- uh, somewhere. You want to do that again? Okay. I knew if you get him started, you wouldn't get him stopped. All right. uh, it's bad news. Thank you for that picture. Whoever put that picture in, my, in that little envelope? Was that you? Who did it? Somebody put a picture of my daughter and my granddaughter, and I'll just maybe put that up here for inspiration. Praise God. Well, I hope today that I can be a blessing to you. I uh, came with one message, and while I was here, I just feel like the Lord has directed me another way, and uh, I want to obey Him. That's who we serve. That's who we will answer to. Amen. And so I uh, hope I don't go too long. I know you're, you're looking forward to the outdoors uh, meal. But I'll try to be somewhere between Brother Brown and Brother Bo. Try to be. But no promises. All right. Now, as all messages are, uh, when we get them, we have no idea where they're going. Um, sometimes I'm amazed. I was in one state. A lady came up when service was over, and she said, Isn't it a shame that all these people had to come tonight just so you could preach to me and I let her know that perhaps it wasn't just for her. But if God singles us out, that's okay with me. I want to be saved, how about you? Yes. Yes. Anybody here want to go go see Jesus someday? Yes, Praise God. And so uh, where this message goes specifically I'm not sure, but I'm convinced that God has commissioned me to deliver to you today. In the book of Judges, and I, I'm going to read a couple of verses that uh, are very strange, and I can say they're sad verses of a story from the pages of God's holy word. And they're found in chapter 18 of that book, and I'm going to read the last two verses And uh, I'm going to try to bring you something on today. Judges, chapter 18, uh, and they're not the last two verses, but verses 27 and 28. 27 and 28. And I'm sure that this has been preached by a lot of men, but uh, this message God gave me, and I'm going to try and deliver it to you this afternoon. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Judges 18 and verses 27 and 28. And they took the things which Micah had made and the priest which he had and came unto Laish, unto a people that were quiet and secure. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Zidon. And they had no business with any man. And it was in the valley that lieth by beth Riyadh. And they built a city and dwelt therein. And on the strength of these two verses this afternoon, I want to talk to you on this subject, living too far from help living too far from help god bless you you can be seated thank you living too far from help just two verses describing the demise and destruction of a people and a whole city called laish the laishites People who had become self contained, feeling self preserved. People who had built walls around themselves. They didn't feel that they needed anybody else. They had learned how to live to themselves. And as I just read it to you, it said they had no business. Any man. They had no connection. They had no interaction. They were a people all by themselves. I want you to notice the three dominant characteristics that are listed in these verses concerning these people. First of all, they were quiet. Secondly, they were secure. And they had no business with any man. They had learned how to live alone with just their own kind. They had isolated themselves, living a life of seclusion, separation, satisfied with just living in a remote, solitude place. They had withdrawn themselves from the world on the outside, a people that had chosen to refrain from all contact with the outside world that had become quiet and secure and relaxed, reposed, settled into their own way of life. They didn't seem to care what everybody else did, just leave us to ourselves. They didn't think that they needed anybody else. It's not a new thing, and it wasn't a new thing throughout the Word of God. We find all throughout the Scriptures, various accounts of people and individuals that felt like they had no need of anybody's resources or strengths or connections. And the things that got them in trouble the most was because they felt like they needed no counsel from no one. Kings have fallen. Saints have lost positions. And all kinds of nations became uh, captive to other nations because they felt like they had the strength of their own to carry on and that no outside force could defeat them. This was the Laishites. They didn't think they needed anybody else Jesus found this out in his times, and he met the same things in the attitudes and the, the attitudes of men and where he taught in the synagogues. It was one day while uh, he was there teaching the religious authorities some very valuable lessons, there was a man there that was possessed with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, "Let us alone." He didn't want anybody touching him. He didn't want anybody to mess with his little world, as demonic as he was. He didn't even realize the condition that he'd gotten himself into. It's not a new thing that people get caught up in their own little world and need nobody else. And the Laishites chose to stand alone. They made this conscious decision on their own possessing a blind air of confidence. And then suddenly, on an unannounced, unexpected day, there was no warning, no premonitions by anyone, because they had no contact of any kind. An enemy came in upon them and killed every last one of them. The men, the women, and the children destroyed, and burned, and their city was burned to the ground. And the enemy took charge over the place. And the first act that the enemy proclaimed was to change the name of the city. They changed it from Leish to Dan. They were left without a chance to survive. No hope at all. No promise of tomorrow. Because they were out there all by themselves in a remote place, too far from the help of any man. Right. And it says in verse 28, I shall read it again, and there was no deliverer, because it was far from Zidon. And they had no business with any man, and it was in the valley that lieth by beth Two verses that tell the whole story of a people who couldn't understand the value of connections. Right. Right. They couldn't understand that they needed others yeah. for survival, right. that they needed the fellowship and the communication of those that were of their kind, that they could be a survivor. The whole lot, there's a whole lot of message here, my friend, for all of us to understand right. yeah. and consider. It does not pay to think you're isolated and independent and can stand. You'll make a sad mistake when you think you don't need anybody else. And particularly those that are of your kind and nature. I'm, I'm scared of folks that tell me they have better friends in the world than they have in the church. Because I know without a doubt that soon they'll be gone. Because when you don't associate and connect with the people that of your persuasion you're going to find yourself in a mess and the devil's going to steal every valuable thing that you have and then he comes in for the kill and then he comes in to destroy that's him that's just the way he works because it does not pay for any of us to get far away on our own that we don't need any help i read a story A few years ago in my local newspaper, I'm not sure how much news it made anywhere else, but it was uh, syndicated, and I got it, and it was about five men that went to the state of Oregon, and just making a note of the the article, and it told that in Oregon, there are places in Oregon where the snow can come suddenly and get deep, and... They were out there riding their snowmobiles in a wilderness land, and they lost their way out beyond the help and the reach of any man. They got stuck in a snow drift and a snow-filled ravine in freezing temperatures, and they panicked, and fear came upon them, and they abandoned their m- snowmobiles and set out on foot late at night trying and hoping to find their way to safety and they wandered aimlessly throughout that wilderness territory not knowing what direction they were going being nightfall and no nothing to give them direction wasn't anything that they could point to and knew they were in the right direction and they became they became frightened and they were trying to find some place together they were smart enough to realize they needed to stay as a group. And they wandered in this dark wilderness, unchartered and strange land. And they decided that they better make an attempt to build a shelter. And, of course, it was a very crude shelter. And they made that shelter, and they somehow managed to start a fire. And in their desperation, burnt every possible thing they could got so desperate that they started taking items out of their own billfuls and began to burn credit cards. That probably wouldn't be a bad idea. And burned all other kinds of cards. Got down to their cash and even burnt every ounce of cash just to try to stay alive. Amen. Wandering out all by themselves. Should have known better. Should have had some sort of... Connection, but lost remote contact by cell phones and other means that they may have had. But they got out too far all by themselves. Are you going to stay with me a while? Yeah, right. Amen. And these people, these men, had a, had a better ending than what most people in that condition have. The next morning, they survived to the next morning, and they were miraculously rescued. Amen. God's Word has made it clear and explicit that you and I cannot exist on our own. No man can live to himself. No man was designed to be a loner. No man should be out always by himself. When you see someone like that, you're looking for someone that's going to get themselves in a situation that they can't get out of. Because we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. The spiritual existence of every child of God is based upon some very absolute necessities. There are some relevant things that's pointed out in this book that are essential as you read uh, the book of Acts and find out those things that are necessary for children of God. If you'll find it and study it as we ought to, we'll find out there's some things that preserve us and keep us strong. First of all, and I don't want to go through the entire list, but one of the first things that you can understand by reading your Bible is that you need to learn to read your Bible and pray every day. That's part of the survival kit. If you don't read your Bible and try to understand it, uh, you're you're going to be a uh, uh, you're going to be a statistic of a disaster, and it's highly important, highly important, that you develop a relationship and a continuity with a higher power yeah. until you have a royal connection that cannot be broken, and that is only that only happens. It doesn't come because you think it. It comes because you practice it. It's because that every single day of your life that you get your Bible out, and I I don't know, I'm an odd person kind of in many ways uh, in in some of the things that I do, but when I'm at home on on a weekly basis and praying, I get me a notepad and put it right beside me. Because while I'm praying, I, I get that royal connection. And when that connection comes, I start writing notes that He talks to me about. And uh, He prompts me with His Word. And things begin to unfold unto me. Because when you develop a relationship of continuity with God, and there's something that happens to you while you're praying, you're talking to Him, and He starts talking back with you. He never said you'd be all alone in your prayer. He said, if you sup with me, I will sup with you. If you start talking to God and reading your Bible, there's going to be something that happens to you. And that, that event, that, that moment, those moments are moments that are, should be treasured by us. Sometimes I come away with two or three pages of notes and it's not necessarily things I'm going to preach. They're just things for me and things for me to stand upon. And I get that connection and God talks to me and I review uh, during the day, what God has said to me—that's the way He talks. That's the way He works. When you're not in a church service, is that you have to develop a relationship of prayer and Bible reading. That's that's you. You you have to take ownership of that. You have to get to a place where that that it you just you just don't feel right if you go a day without, a, without praying and talking to the Lord. Amen. I was on the airplane some time back and flying and uh, was on it all day long and hadn't got any prayer in. And, uh, and I started praying on the plane. And the lady said, are you okay? And I said, I- I'm doing fine. I'm just having a little talk with somebody. And she said, oh, I know what that's all about. She didn't know what that was about. Like <laughs> I knew what it was about. But I can tell you this. I want him to know on a daily basis that he's been mighty good to me. I want him to know that I don't have a friend that's closer than he is, that he is my stay. He is my strength. He is all my hope. If I don't have him, I don't have nothing. Amen. I don't have a tomorrow without him. But with him, everything always turns out all right. And if I read my Bible along with my prayer... I don't, I don't want to get stuck on this because I won't get off of it because there's an absolute necessity of relationship with God. Amen. And if you'll develop that, my friend, you'll have a security like there's no other security in all of the world. Amen. I'm telling you that God wants us to pray and to seek His face. There's other things that are outlined in the New Testament of essential importance. And the second thing that I notice... As I read the word and come close to it, I understand I need a man of God over my life. I need someone that I've developed a camaraderie with that has a connection that's higher than mine. A connection that I can connect with that we can get things done through Christ. And not that I dump it off all on him, but I share it with him and with my connection and his connection we can go a long ways and, and get a lot of things accomplished that would never get accomplished if you stay close to the man of God. And I'm going to just make this very plain with you right now. You only got one pastor in your life. You don't have two or three. You don't have a radio pastor or a Holy Ghost pastor. Amen. Holy Ghost radio pastor. Amen. What you ought to have is you ought to have a visible, tangible, physical man of God in your life that you can talk to whenever you feel like you need to share something with. And thank God we believe in the man of God in our life. If without a preacher, we cannot be saved. Amen. And so we must learn to listen to the man of God, because we are built upon that foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Amen. I grew up in a small church. Amen. And I'm telling you, the pastor was always my hero. Amen. I looked to him, and I believed in him. I believed in what he said. And whatever he said always came to fruition and to pass. It always developed and turned into something wonderful. There were times when I said no... And he said yes. And I took the yes that he said over my no. And God made sure that everything worked out. I'm telling you, when you learn to believe and trust and have confidence and you lay hope in the man of God, God's going to honor you and trust you because you trust the man that he sent to you to help lead you to the promised land. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus amen many things I, I I could go on with this list but one of the great things and one of the greater elements in staying in church was having a it was having fellowship with the people of God in Acts chapter 2 you don't have to read far into acts and boy you start getting the foundation for success and a, and, a, and a foundation for uh, for for your future. And you get a foundation for happiness and the contentment. Amen. I, I can tell you after living for the Lord, now some 50, 55 years living for the Lord. Amen. I have never wanted to go back. Amen. I've never found a place that I wanted to find an exit to get out of this. I, I promise you before the Lord. Yes, I've had my trials. I've had my tests. Amen. Amen. But there's one thing I knew I wasn't going to do. I was not going to quit God and quit the church. You know why? It's all because I knew how to stay connected to those things of value and sustain me in the days of trouble, of trials and tests. And I'm going to tell you now, fellowship is a mighty important thing. Amen. To be connected with the people of God, sharing your load. Amen. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You see that apostles' doctrine? And fellowship. And the breaking of bread. Amen. Thank God for that preacher that can break that bread down. Amen. And feed you. When it looks like not there's not very much there. If you'll take what he says. And you'll apply it to your life like you are. God's got a way of making that be a a healing oil that can do something that will help you go forward in God like you've never thought you'd go forward. I'm telling you that today and this afternoon that it's important to learn to break bread among God's people in the house of God and in prayers, everything I've already told you. And all that believed were together. Everybody say together. And they had all things common. And they continued daily, everybody say daily. daily, with one accord in the temple and the breaking bread from house to house that they'd eat with their meat, with gladness and singleness yes. of heart. And praising God. And that's not the last of all of them. But I'm going to tell you what, you've got to learn to praise the Lord. Yes. You've got to praise Him in the good times. Yes. Praise Him in the bad times. Yes. You've got to praise Him when you don't feel like it. Amen. You gotta praise him when the sun goes down. You gotta praise him when the sun comes up. You gotta praise him when you rise up and when you go to bed. He's worthy of our praise. He's good to those that love him, to those that glorify him, to those that thank him for what he does. He's good to them. Amen. I'm watching this thing unfold on my wife when they first found it, they, when, they, when she first went to the emergency room, they told her, you're going to be a minimum of 12 weeks with these casts on. You're going to be there a minimum of 12 weeks. Looks like you're going to have to have sho- uh, surgery on your, on your shoulder where you broke your bone and uh, you're going to have to have surgery on your hand. It, it just looks that way at the moment. They didn't know. Amen. But when God's people start praying and God's people start magnifying him, Amen. And people all around the nation begin to join in. You don't even have to call Pentecost, folks. There's just a chain link between us. And we get it. We don't have to have Facebook, but we've got to have a connection with God Almighty. And the work gets around. Amen. She told me this morning, she said it, it just looks like she will find out for sure tomorrow that she won't have to have any surgery. It doesn't look like any surgery. And she said, the doctor said yesterday, you're already healing, ma'am. And it looks like I'm going to reduce that in half. You're just going to have a six-week recovery. I'm telling you, there's nobody like God. When you start glorifying God and you start praising and you stay with a connected gather of people of God, God's going to do something. Amen. So praising God is a high order for every child of God. When you come to church, learn to praise the Lord. Don't do it because somebody told you to do it, always. Do it because it's in you. Because you know He's good. Because, in fact, we are told to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And into His courts with praise. You got it. And that's just what we do. That's just praise is what I do. It's just something about me. I cannot help myself. When the music starts... It makes me want to run. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to stop my feet. It makes me want to praise the Lord because I make that royal connection. Amen. Amen. None of us will last outside the fellowship that God has placed us in. We are many members, but we are one body. Amen. I'm trying to hurry. Sad to say, but there seems to always be those who think that they're going to be the exception. And so they isolate themselves. They pull away. They separate. They remove themselves. And sometimes they keep their families away too from other saints. They withdraw themselves. If you only knew, my friend, if you only knew the vulnerability that you're making yourself to Satan, you wouldn't stay in that position very long. You would not do that. You would not find yourself in that condition. Amen. If you only knew the dangerous and the precarious position that you're placing yourself and your family in, you surely wouldn't stay there another moment. Amen. You're wide open to danger. You're you're making yourself available to the enemy, the devil, to catch you off guard and to come in and steal things kill you and destroy you in the final analysis. And one of these days when you least expect it, the enemy will come in like it did on the people of Leish, will come in without notice, without a warning, without any fanfare, without any without any announcement of any kind or sort. And they'll pounce on you and he'll nail you flat. He'll knock you down before you even know it. And you won't be able to get up because he'll knock your face down. Until you won't know which way to go. Because that's, that's his tactic. That's the way he works. And he'll be unmerciful. And he'll kill you and your innocent family. And burn your goods and your houses down to the ground. I'm telling you, I come here to tell you today, get involved in what's going on around the church. Stay connected with the people of God. There are, there are good people all over the church. Yeah, we've got folks once in a while that mess up and do wrong, but we bring them back into the fold with the mercy and the grace and the kindness. Amen. And and, and and the care that God is placing our hearts for one another. And it's so easy when love reigns in a congregation and love takes hold of a people. Amen. I was reading this week and I was reading about where Jesus said to John, Do you love me? A Peter, wasn't it? Peter said, do you love me, Peter? And and Peter said, yeah, Lord, I like you. You know, I love you. Yeah, Lord, you know. And then went on down and he told him what to do. And he said, ask him three times, do you love him? God wants us to let love emanate from us. He wants to make sure that we're prepared for all the events that life brings out to us. And if we don't have that love connection, and we don't have that love for the people of God and the house of God, The enemy's going to find us in a wrong place. Are you all with me? Amen. And so get involved in the church. The pastor and the saints of God are your lifeline to survival. Fellowship is a must. Learn to get along with the rest of the saints that teach you and teach your children to do the same. Just because your children are acting up, we had a couple in our church the other day Two, two kids got into a great big fight and I just stood up there and watched it. And then I watched the parents both get involved and finally there were some little feelings about it: who was right and who was wrong. So I just stood and watched it all. And finally while they're back there discussing it all, those two kids are back together playing again and having a good time. And we, we get all fret out and stressed out and the, and the parents got it, finally got it straightened up. But we ought not have things that divide us and things that sever us from our relationships one with another, we need to fight for one another. We need to be understanding of one another. Amen. We need to learn to love one another. Amen. When I got the call about my wife, it happened in church. Somebody knocked her over and actually fell on her and and broke all these bones. And 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 they said, you know, I'm so sorry. It was this man. And I said, listen. It couldn't be helped. He didn't didn't intentionally knock her down. Amen. You need to learn to defend one another. Amen. I said, he wouldn't have done it. And they went and told him what I said. And they said he bawled like a baby. And he said, I'm so glad there are people that understand me. And people knows I didn't intentionally do that. You know, you need to be careful what you say to one another. You need to watch out. How you react when somebody does something bad to you in church that you don't get offended and lose out with God and destroy your whole family. Learn to communicate and interact. Get connected and stay connected. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, and oh my friend, he will. He's going to bombard you. When you least expect it. When you lease without an announcement, Amen. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be in a situation that you don't know how you're gonna get out. You don't know how this thing's gonna turn out. But because you made preparation, and because you've acted according to God's word, and you've blended in together with the saints of God, and you've joined in with the others around the world, Amen, Amen. Aren't you glad for the church today? Aren't you glad for the saints of God? Amen. You may not like the same colors I like, and we like different automobiles, but that has nothing to do with our relationship as people of God. We can learn. I can learn to like somebody who drives a different car than I do and wears different clothes, in a sense, than I do. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. I can relate to that because I want them to to embrace me. As much as I embrace them. Connection. Everybody say connection. connection. With God, the church, and the pastor. And when the enemy comes in, you'll have someone to stand by you, to support and to help, and to fight back. And you can save your family and yourself from destruction. Don't live too far from help. In this subject text that I've chosen to read from today, and I believe now I'm in the will of God, I believe that there, as I said, there was no deliverer because they were far from Zidon. Geographically, they were about 25 miles from possible help. And, of course, in those days was not so easy to get help, amen, because they were primarily on foot or on horseback or an ass or an ox. And so it was not that, it wasn't that convenient to go get help, at least 25 miles away. They were 25 miles from Zion. And to get help would take at least a day, at least the minimum of one day to get there and, and make communications and ask them to come back to hell. It was, it was not time for that. Because the enemy came in and converged upon him without notice. Amen. It so a day where there was no automobiles and no airlines and no buses. And no telephones, nor cell phones. No telegraphs. No short way radios. No other means that they could have to communicate. Amen. Just to get a message to Zion would take too long. They didn't have that kind of time because without warning, the enemy was upon them. And that's why there is no more Leish because they had no, no defense system. That's why that there are no more, no more Leishites is because they live too far from him. And I came this afternoon, I just felt this impressed because I promise you until 3 o'clock this morning, I wrestled with the subject that I was going to bring you. I wasn't afraid to deliver it. I thought it would fit very well with what's already been said. And I knew that I'd be like a salmon swimming upstream because it doesn't seem like I'm in connection maybe with the other messages. But I don't believe God always works that way. I think He's diverse when He ministers. I think we got what we needed Thursday night. And I think we got what we needed last night. And I think we need to receive what God's trying to give us on today. Amen. Because I came to warn somebody that don't live too far from hell. Stay within the reach and the help of the trusted saints and caring saints of God and your pastor. I get worried about people who pull away even from the rest of the body and isolate themselves. I worry about anybody, whether it's preacher or saint, who pull away and withdraw themselves from the royal connection. Amen. Start coming to church as you ought to. And don't start being late and leaving early. That's bad signs that you're trying to make a disconnect. Learn to come. My wife says to me all the time, she said, why is it? I don't care if it's at home or if it's at other somebody else's church. Why are we always the last ones out the door? You know why it is? It's because I've developed that camaraderie with the church. I like saints. I like God's people. I don't, I don't find it hard to connect with them. I like going to church early. Amen. And I like staying late. That's just been my 55 year habit because i developed that a long time ago. And if you keep a royal connection like that, I'm going to tell you what, there's no people like God's people There's not a church like God's church. God's church is the best church in all the world. In fact, it's the only people in all the world I really want to be connected to. I need my brother. I need your fellowship. Amen. I don't like it when somebody asks me if I'm independent. No, I'm not independent. I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. I may not be a card-carrying member. But I'm in the body of Christ. Yeah. And if you'll take me on those terms, I think me and you can make the same place. Amen. And that's just the way I've always looked at it. I found out that God's people are everywhere. I remember when I was working on a secular job, I would go into my office on Monday morning. They'd say, Mr. Striebel, where where'd you go this, this, this week? What state were you in? And I'd say, well, I was in Florida this weekend. And the next week, I said, no, i got to stay home this weekend. And the next week, they said, where was you at? They said, you must know people everywhere. I said, this church is everywhere. Amen. God's people are everywhere. I've got friends everywhere I go. Amen. My my son-in-law and I were driving in in his automobile down in Mississippi, and it broke down on the inner right on the highway. I mean, just just quit. Amen. And we were just sitting there, and it wasn't one minute. Somebody drove out in front of us, and somebody pulled in the back. And when we got out, they said, we saw your, your wives and we saw those ladies in the car and saw their long hair and stuck their hand out and said, praise the Lord, brother. I don't know who you are, but you've got to be apostolic. Yeah. I said, well, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. The man said, don't you do a one single thing. said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Indiana and he's from Louisiana. And he said, don't you do a thing. I got a man already on the way. He's going to tow your truck to his garage and we're going to get it fixed. We left that town, amen, didn't have any idea, just passing through. And we didn't have to pay one red penny because somebody in that town knew God. And God knew we were passing through that town. I'm telling you, when you get that connection, God has a way of taking care of His own. Amen. I I, am not even half finished, but I'm going to quit because I believe you're catching what I'm saying already. I'm telling you, get involved. Stay in the safe zone. And when the enemy attacks, and I'm telling you, he will attack. Yes. I can promise you and guarantee you without one one flinch of telling you this, you will not be defeated. Amen. You will rise up from the ashes and God will make something great of you and God will help you climb to the top and you'll come out better. In the long run, because all things do work together for the good to them that love God and are be called according to His purpose. What I've come to tell you is is stay connected. Don't live too far from the church. Don't be easily offended. Amen. Stay in touch. Stay within the reaching distance. Stay within the safe zone. Stay within the reach of help. Don't get miffed at anything. Don't get mad because you didn't get to lead songs. Don't get upset because somebody got that part in the choir. And what a beautiful choir you've got. But choirs are choirs. And spirits can get up in, in choirs. Amen. Don't get upset because somebody made a miscue on the piano. Or somebody did something that offended you. Amen. A man called me. He's been trying to get a hold of me for days. And I've just been gone. I've just been out. And, I, and, he, and, and really, honestly, he likes to talk. And he talks a long time. And I can't get off the phone. And so I thought, I'm going to wait till i got a lot of time to call him. And so he calls today and says, ah, you must be offended about something. Well, that will automatically get a reaction out of me. And so I called him back. And thank God he didn't answer. Because <laughs> I, I don't have the time. But I wanted to make sure he wasn't offended. And I left him a, a, a message on the phone. I said, brother... Please understand this. I, I don't get offended that easily. I am not one bit offended with you. I don't have any problems with you at all. You're my brother. You're going to stay my brother. I'm not that thin skin. Amen. Just give me some time because I know you want to talk a while. And I just... And he does. He, when he calls, it's, it's an hour, hour and a half. I've fallen asleep on the phone with him. And I can't get rid of the guy. And he's a beautiful saint of God. He just likes to talk. And he's not a female. It's a male. That's what's surprising. He just likes to talk. And we're good friends. And we're going to stay good friends. But you need to learn to quit being so sensitive. And quit worrying about a bunch of stuff. If you don't get a telephone call, don't worry about it. Get up and go to church anyhow. Because when you live too far from hell, you're living too far from hope. You're living too far from life. I just want to tell you, I, I, I promise you, i've got so much more I could say but i 'm going to quit, but I want to tell you this I want to tell you how this message is born. We want a couple in our church this is not even in the deal we want a couple to church beautiful couple beautiful experience they had they both family was splitting up, and I mean just uh, their marriage was on the rock divorce was just just going to happen that's for sure and they come to god's house. he was an alcoholic. And she liked, she, she had her life in a mess. Kids, they had his kids, her kids, their kids, you know how that goes. whole bunch of mess. They came to church and on an Easter Sunday by an invitation. And God got a hold of them and brought them to the altar. He was delivered from cigarettes overnight. Delivered from all the things of the world. They've been beautiful people in our church for five or six years. And all of a sudden, overnight, over one little thing that was said, one little innocent remark that was made. Nobody meant any harm by it. Nobody meant any damage by it. But I noticed they started drawing back, started coming to church just a little bit late. I noticed they stopped their fellowship. They weren't connected like they were. And I mentioned it to him. I said, son, is everything okay? He said, yep, everything's okay. Oh, I knew right then we had an issue to deal with. And finally, I I said, would you like to talk about it? He said, nope, don't want to talk about it. I just want to keep it to myself. It was something so silly. If I told you, you'd just laugh about it too. And I, he told me, and I almost laughed in his face. I said, the, "The enemy has come on you suddenly, and you need to overcome this thing." Make a long story short, he saw himself. He said, "You're right. You're right, Elder. That was not. That was not. That was not meant to be me to receive it that way." And he changed his whole philosophy about thinking about the whole thing. I got him connected with those people that he was offended by. Amen. And today, they're strong in the church. Today, I mean, I, I see them stronger than ever before. Amen. And when during that period, the Lord showed me this little, this, little, this little message, whatever you want to call it. He showed me that how easy it is for people who start drifting away to, to begin to lose out with God. I'm going to tell you, church, learn to stay together. Learn to bind together. Follow the leader. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Fast on an occasion. Watch God do marvelous things. Watch this church grow by leaps and bounds. Watch things happen that you never dreamed would happen. The oil will flow. Amen. It will flow in such quantities that you'll have to have a reserve reserve to put it in. Because you'll, oh my God, how are we going to handle all this? That's when all the bitterness leaves and all the hatred leaves and all the past feelings leave and all the things that we ought to never uh, get attached to us. Amen. And help us to go forward and let God... Do a marvelous work in our church, in our own personal lives. Could you stand with me and lift your hands? Amen. Don't live too far from Him. Come on, lift your hands. Let's talk to the